Welcome back, everybody, to the Wacky Wonderful WiseWorks podcast. We're so glad you've chosen to join us here today because we know that you are either a guy, a gal, a geek, or a goofball. Any mm-hmm. of those options work. And all on the here, spectrum. <laughs> right, right. This is a podcast for people on that spectrum. Not the spectrum. Not the oh, Don't that. get confused. A spectrum. A spectrum. Right. Just any right. spectrum. Any spectrum. <laughs> well, do you think we're being, um, you know, I don't want to use the word because it's at the beginning of the podcast. Do you think mm. we're being uh, selective in a negative way because we start with guys, gals? No, 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 no. I, I think that just kind of caters to the predominant demographic of the world of people who are either a guy or a gal. There are right. There are that's, so that's most people. I think <laughs> there and, there is such a loud small group of people that do not identify as either of those. <laughs> but yeah. we don't necessarily exclude those people. No, you know we, we don't say guys, gals. We say geeks and goofballs. Right. If you fall well, those, if you fall under the geeks and goofballs category, and you feel the need to watch us, um, you know I don't necessarily. We don't talk politics or anything usually on this podcast too much uh but i don't necessarily want to exclude anybody who who wants to join in and talk um right as long as they also don't want to talk politics right necessarily that's important um we do openly kind of let people know that we are like christian people um Good you know christian people but part of a part of that creed is you know, kind of loving everybody and recognizing that everybody, you know, people are people are people. People yeah. are humans and, you know, we're all kind of living this life together. And rallying and you, behind something like movies and entertainment. Yeah, movies and TV. If you can if you can kind of resonate with us, um, you know, I think we can have a conversation and that's where it starts. One hundred percent. That's where, you know, friendship and everything starts. Um, you guys may, if you're, uh, a, a, a regular here on the show, you may recognize that there's something a little bit different, just a touch, a little bit strange. Yes. It is a predator action figure. You may not <laughs> be able to see it super well. Um, but it, it's predator. It's wolf from right. uh, alien versus predator requiem, which is a terrible movie. But has one of the coolest predators. Now it is just a little, made. a yeah, little tiny man on your shoulder. Feet. Now it, since he's it's got all the shoulder. all the he's got the double uh, um, plasma casters. He's got the whip. He's got the spear. He's got. Uh, he's just so cool. Right, right. Ethan's and, here as well. Yeah, Ethan is here. This is now we've had Ethan on, you know, on the midnight special a handful of times, mm-hmm. and. We have a video version of that. Not a lot of people see him. I don't know how yeah. often Ethan has shown his face on. I'm not sure content. Ethan has actually been on the main podcast. Have you? I have not. I think this is my no, first. No, when podcast. we did when we did Wednesday uh, guest episodes. A while okay. Ago. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I've been yeah. on one. I think yeah, he was on a Wednesday like guest episode. One or two midnight specials, and then a guest episode, mm-hmm. but. Nothing much more. It's been a that. while. Well, yeah. he's subbing in for Josh. Josh is away for the weekend, uh, visiting some family. You know, mm-hmm. my doing family what you, doing what Without you do. Me. 
Apparently, yeah. apparently, <laughs> my family's having a freaking reunion this weekend and didn't seem to even give me a heads up. Like, hey, we know you won't be able to come to All the family's going to be there. Nobody's going to be able to meet your new baby. (laughs) Everybody. That's so fun. Everybody's going to be at the house, apparently, and I'm going to (laughs) go down here in Florida. Josh will represent. Uh, I don't want him to be my representative of the family. His His modus operandum is very different. (laughs) Very different. I mean, and and even in the familial dynamic – we we hold very different statuses, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Extremely like you're you're style. like a higher caste, and he's a lower caste, or the other way. Around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consider me above the line, and Joshua below the line. Ouch! <laughs> you know what Ouch. I'm saying when it comes to familial dynamics. Now, in my mom's mind, because he's the baby, he'll always yes. be above the line. But baby, everyone definitely. else's opinion, dude. The the, the baby privilege is. One of the, the worst. strongest. It's one privilege. of the strongest. It's one of the worst, honestly. Right. Yeah. You, you uh, have. I think, the... I think. I think my dad came out pretty well. Uh, he got baby yeah, privilege, but ask he his came siblings. out. Right. Ask his siblings. He, he came out all right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, based on what I know from baby privilege, um, my mom also is a baby. She got tons of baby. She's also the only girl in her family. So. <laughs> right. Baby p- privilege on top of being the only girl, mm-hmm. uh, spoiled as heck. And then oh gosh, William, yeah. I mean Bobby Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I love the you, more man. I watch, the more I watch King of the Hill, the more I realize William is kind of like Bobby. <laughs> he is Bobby Hill, ADHD kind of just weird, afraid of everything. You know right. that boy yeah. ain't right. <laughs> kind Such of such a hawk on the morning gosh, already. That gosh, boy, gosh, dang it, Bobby. I love it. Uh, now, yeah. listen, the baby privilege is it is a big deal. Now, Ethan, you are far from being a baby. No, uh, I never explain just for people that's never seen you middle, before. You got child. John Mark Wyatt. Then you got Me. Ethan. Yeah. And you got two sisters and a younger brother. Right. Yeah. So I never got the baby privilege. You I got the. Yeah. You could, I, yeah, you couldn't have had it. If you I was had always made- treated I was always treated differently because, you know, Wyatt was talking earlier and he said I was more like a creature. I was always <laughs> treated like, you know, the one you, you have to look, uh, you weren't sure treated. You weren't treated differently. You acted differently. You were treated differently because you were different. I was treated differently because I acted differently. And, you know, you could have been the baby. You could have received baby privilege if you didn't make our parents want another child. Right. Want a better child. (laughs) Want a better child. They need need to get me in the middle child position to where they could kind of leave me. Yeah. Focus on something else. (laughs) This is the kind of kid Ethan was. Ethan... You know, as a little baby, you'd, you'd snuggle him like so cute, little baby, and then all of a sudden you'd feel like a sharp pain, a sharp pain, <laughs> and he'll be like gnawing on your love handle or something. You know, what a I mean? sharp a sharp pain is the best way to describe Ethan. <laughs> yeah, sharp pain, right? <laughs> a sharp, I don't sharp and <laughs> continuous pain. I don't ever remember dining on your love handles. Oh, you uh, dined on many a love handle, I, and you I punched know for sure. many. You punched many, many a stomach, a groin, <laughs> many a groin, many a well, groin, when, many when a stomach. Your, when when you're at eye level with a groin, I mean, it's the easiest. It's like a punch. It's like, like punching back. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Look, uh, 
Ethan oh, has never, never come across something he didn't like punching. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm serious. Boys, Even today girls, I look at I look animals. at people and the first thing I think of is, you know, what would it be like if I could punch them right now? Just right mm-hmm. in the jaws, you know. <laughs> he has to what hold back like? that that animal. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So freaking getting off of baby privilege, getting off of Ethan punching mm-hmm. wieners. Um yeah, let's just drop that. Let, let's let's get into the first thing. I'm curious what why it's oh. presented today. Oh, you would just want to jump into the first I thing. Wanna, I want to get wow. into it. I want to get into it because I I've sampled the slides here and I want to see what where we're heading with all this. Well, um, I you know, look, we talked about this quite a bit of you know what's going on with the superhero genre. What's going on with DC? Mm. Um, you guys might remember back. There was a really big push from Dwayne Johnson himself that mm-hmm. Black Adam was successful. It right. wasn't. Did not make all the money back that it needed. Mm-mm. But that Black Adam was successful. Now, in a recent interview on Kevin Hart's podcast, I guess. Oh, if, is it's, this, if is... it's not called Heart to Heart, then I don't know what he's doing. I think it is. I think it's on Peacock, right? I think so. But he's it's on Kevin Hart's podcast and he says I I think he really kind of admits failure here. He says, you know, we we were bogged down with COVID stuff, which is understandable. We were bogged down with um uh you know, kind of the studio taking a new direction and what he reiterates on a lot in the excuse me. What he reiterates on a lot in the uh, his statement, I guess, is uh, new leadership. There was new leadership. There was new. There were things changing. There was new leadership. There were things changing. <laughs> and what he's talking about, obviously, is the the DC reboot, James Gunn coming in and starting a new DC universe. Right. Uh, right. So okay. let's uh, – I want to read real quick what he says in the interview. I, I, I know you have that article pulled up. We don't have to see the article necessarily, but Do if you want to read it. it. I have, have it pulled up? No, I have something for Dune and I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I do you have – You know what? I it, it My mistake – No, no. Check this out. Is this the interview? It is. Yes. Yeah, right. I think so. Let's just play it and let's see what play it is. Yeah. All right. Tell me if you can hear this. Give me a thumbs up. Black Adam, you. Big opening. Huge. Yeah. By the way, uh, the thing that's crazy about it being so fucking big, your fan base is engaged. Everybody's engaged. Whoa. Spoiler. Uh, hide your kids. Hide your wife, I guess. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're uh, in this. Watchers, uh, viewer Watcher. description advised, there is some swearing in this. Kurt, it's cursing Kevin beware. Cursing beware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it is called heart to heart, by the way. I don't know if you pulled nice. your butt. But that's exactly. I, I mean. love that. <laughs> he knows. He knows how to run a show. He, he knows how to market. Yeah. All right. You make an announcement, and your announcement is talking about, "Hey, we're not going to continue the world of Black Adam." Right. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm curious. I want to know why, especially when there's such a successful opening. Um, you seem to have the appetite from your fan base for more. What's the reason Wasn't or the reasons for the stopping of Black Adam? Uh. I think that Black Adam got caught mm. in a vortex of 
new leadership. He's not and wrong. And at that time, as we were creating Black Adam, developing it, shooting Black Adam, we got knocked down a little bit for because of COVID and the shutdowns got back also up. Also not wrong. There were so many changes in leadership. And as you know, anytime you have a company, but especially that size and magnitude, mm-hmm. that's a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. And you have all those changes in leadership. You have people coming in who creatively, fiscally are going to make decisions that you may not agree with philosophically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think Black Adam was one of those movies that got caught in that web mm-hmm. of new leadership. And, you know, that will always be one of the um, one of the biggest mysteries, I think, not only for me and us on our end, but also throughout our business, because that's a Kevin question. Mm-hmm. But that has that was a question out of Wall Street. That was a question out of Hollywood. That was mm-hmm. a question like, wait a second, you had the biggest opening of your career. Sure, no China. That could have been maybe a hundred, maybe two hundred more million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you're establishing a new superhero. You want to grow out the franchise. You bring back Superman and Henry Cavill. The mm-hmm. world went crazy, and also too. And you and I, you were texting me this on opening weekend. Is uh, we created a diverse superhero portfolio where we had just men and women of color mm-hmm. uh you know in black adam too as well so um it was i think just, i was more it, well, i mean it wasn't super diverse it was mostly kind of racially ambiguous people in a made-up country right mm-hmm. and he brought so, up henry cavill as superman you now know. people love cavill as superman people 100%. really do love him and i think that was really kind of the um the grounding point for a lot of people of like, oh man, it would be the movie maybe not is super great, but this character, Black Adam, who's kind of anti-hero-ish mm. with or versus Henry Cavill's Superman is super interesting and we mm-hmm. would like to see that. But he's right. Um, leadership has changed. Um, I don't think it's 100% leadership changing that made this movie fail right uh we have to recognize that the movie itself wasn't good the dialogue wasn't good uh, now, a lot of the cg that, wasn't do you, good do you think he could because he doesn't want to come out and say it just ended up not being good when he says leadership changes do you think underneath that he means like rewrites and yes and, i i and think perhaps he does too quickly than it needed to be i think perhaps he does but you know we we have to look at this for what it is. Um, Ethan, did you watch Black Adam? No. <laughs> Understandable. I didn't watch it till very recently. Um, and it's not – let me make sure my phone's turned down. It's not super great. It, mm. it really kind of meanders a bit and then yeah. – has a weird villain at the end. Pierce Brosnan is in there, and I mm-hmm. like Pierce. Uh, it's it's kind of a strange movie, but now, I don't. I I I think with James Gunn coming in and James Gunn changing the universe, maybe that was happening during when they made this movie. Perhaps, but from what I know. Uh, that didn't happen until later. So he says leadership, leadership changing, leadership changing a whole bunch of times in this interview. But maybe that was starting to happen during mm-hmm. this time with with Black Adam. But I'm going to be honest, I don't think that happened until later. All right. 
Could, uh, there's two minutes left on this. I'm curious to see what else he has to say. Can we watch yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Play right. it. Let's see what else what he has to say. Because he he's not explaining necessarily why Adam's not continuing. So let's mm -hmm. see what he says about that. Or I was impressed by the execution. Yeah. I know how Black Adam, how close the movie was, the project. And I, yeah. that was one that was near and dear to your heart. And Cracking the Code, it seemed that Cracking the Code on the world of superhero is something, of course, that you were very ambitious about doing. And what I thought you did, I was like, oh, that's dope as fuck. Nah, he did. He put his mind to it and he did it. Like, no, nope, shit's happening. They're mm -hmm. in production. They're shooting the movie. Fuck, it's done. They made the movie. Damn, yeah. It's trail. Shit look good. Yeah. DJ, congrats. <laughs> fuck. It was a All cool right. slow motion scene, you I will say. Then release the movie. Movie has success behind it. You get some positive dollars in the goddamn box office behind it mm. in a time where the box office uh, seemed to be taking hits, dips. So, I don't know. It was just a, it was a weird thing for me and just not knowing. But to hear you say that, it makes sense. You know, when there's a changing of the guard, sometimes the business changes as well. And rightfully so. Right. Like we can't exactly. be a part of the world of why yeah. on that side. But um, and giving them the best opportunity to make more and do more. That's our job. That's where we come in. Exactly. Look, and, you know, I think it is. As I, I, I. I, I'm probably going to reiterate this a ton, a ton of times. Right, right. Go ahead, Foy. Look, we all know that the change in leadership wasn't known just across the board, especially when they were putting out this movie, mm -hmm. when they were making this movie. Right. Because Henry Cavill was like, I'm back as Superman. Mm -hmm. And then James Gunn's like, no, he's not. And he's like, I guess I'm not back as Superman. That happened way after the release of this movie, right. after he had come back in a post-credit scene in this movie. So what's I, I, I don't want to say that they're just blaming the new change in leadership, but it feels kind of like that to me. Now, you know, Kevin Hart is saying that it was successful. He's saying you know, it was interesting. He's wrong. Kevin Hart hasn't <laughs> had a successful movie in years, over a decade. Right. No, not over a decade. He had one good, like, serious movie on Netflix that came out a while ago. Um, well, he also did, like, a show that was incredibly good, but it didn't get a lot of traction yeah. about kind of like a fictionalized, but he's playing himself story, right? Yeah, I... I just think it's they're, they're making out, they're he, making stuff up because they're actors. He also points out the fact that he, I mean, he says something's true. Mm. He says that we can't necessarily say why something is or isn't happening again. All that's not for us to decide. All we can decide is like yeah. give the give the franchise the best opportunity to continue. And that's very true from the standpoint of an actor. However, um, however, sometimes the actor can be the biggest drain on an idea. You know, you are mm -hmm. the one on camera. And I'm not saying that Dwayne didn't do a good job as Black Adam or like he, give and, it a and good, good go. But. He did his best. He really and I applaud him for this. He really tried hard to pr promote the movie, make people want to go see it. He he marketed it on his energy drink. He he did a lot. Right. And that's good. That's a good thing to do. And he really wanted people to watch it and see it and have a good time. And I applaud any actor who does that for their movies. Um, 
But Ethan, uh, have you seen the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Uh, probably not. Okay, uh, you, but you've seen you've seen the two previous Guardians of the Galaxy, both mm-hmm. uh, both yeah. both directed by James Gunn. Yeah, and you know that he's taking over the DC universe, right? Now I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. he, okay. So he he's taking. <laughs> now you do. He's taking <laughs> over the. He's going to be rebooting the DC universe. So uh, I think there's some other slides. There's James Gunn. Gosh, he looks like a hack. <laughs> uh, and you're right. I I know we've talked about this in previous podcasts, Joe. But you said directors need a look. He's they found his look. look. It just looks like a MythBuster. He he does look <laughs> like a MythBuster, but. Because uh, there's literally a MythBuster that looks just like him, right? Yeah, but it's his look. It's it's, it's like, his look, it, whatever. And the thing is, sometimes your look is chosen for you. It just to go. Nah, on he chose that look. No, because sometimes a certain person's hair texture, head shape. Um, okay. Do you need glasses? I or agree. Do you need, or you or do you have good vision? You know what his I mean. His head does look Skin like it tone, tapers. My head tapers things, as well. Yeah, all of these things. I understand are out of your control mm-hmm. and you have to create the look with what you've been given. And usually people have one to three looks they would be okay with and they have to make a choice on one of those, right? I, I want everybody to recognize you see my head tapers. <laughs> right, right, right. Ethan's right. head does not taper. Nope. Yeah, Ethan's right? Ethan and my head look looks right. Solid. right. My, I've got it and oh. I can see I can see Gunn's head tapers like mine. Yeah. It so he tapers. needs he needs a little v- bit of volume out on the side. side. And but that's you know, not what we're talking it. about. The next slide um really kind of I think sums up. This top section here mm. is the the last movies of the previous Marvel or DCEU. Hmm. Okay, so um, let's let's call them out. We got Shazam, Shazam that was a flop. That was a flop. Flash flop flop. Blue Beetle is going to be a flop, yeah. And Aquaman, I predict, is going to be a flop. I think Aquaman's going to give us some of the best memes ever, with with Amber Heard probably mm-hmm. like dying off early in the film because of her toxicity. Mm-hmm. Ethan, you at least know about Amber Heard. Don't oh you? my gosh! Don't and even. And, and, and like <laughs> the depths that she went through to, to ruin a man's career. I know. It's you got to understand. <laughs> There's layers here. <laughs> That's Depp, such a stupid joke. Dude, Johnny Depp and oceans <laughs> because she's a mermaid. Dude, okay. That was a beautiful joke. That's a really Just good. Let's joke. snapshot that one right there. <laughs> uh, no, ignoring that, these are all flops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> This is the previous generation. Now, James Gunn has said that Blue Beetle is kind of going to kick off the new, and this that's what this he second- He probably has to say that. That's what this second tier is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, th- I think he's taking it, doing a pity thing here. Yeah. Um, I don't think he playing Blue Beetle into his He thing. also He also doesn't want the studio to not make any money at, right at yeah. the beginning of his- his, his tenure right his tenure but i mean he's got just some wild nobody cares about creature commandos nobody cares about waller i'm sorry nobody does the lanterns things, is interesting 
Lantern, people like Green Lantern. Here's the Authority, Swamp Thing, Supergirl, Booster Gold, Paradise Lost. Nobody cares. Here's what people care about in DC. Superman. Mm -hmm. Batman. Right. Wonder Woman. The Justice League. The main... The main... Look, people Wonder Woman's not on here. No. People can get invested in other the other Justice League members as time goes on. But if you're not opening up with Batman or Superman, the Brave and the Bold is an interesting one because a lot of kids have fond memories of the TV show Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman, though, is your that's the leading character for DC and replacing Henry Cavill is an interesting move. Especially, we've seen the actor who's replacing him. He's less good Henry Cavill. <laughs> uh, then, of course, we have here at the bottom our, I guess, other what we're calling Elseworld. Elseworld. Joker, Batman, the Joker next two. Joker with, what's her face? Another Batman too. Another Batman. Uh, Teen Titans and Lois. Superman and Lois doesn't count. Okay. Um those are sort of Elseworld stories. Um, apparently, Ethan, apparently, everything up to this point, I guess, besides Blue Beetle, is going to be considered Elseworld as well, right? Yeah, Ethan, we're, we're looking at a big roster here in the middle. As a casual, okay? <laughs> as a casual, as a normie who doesn't really watch these stuff unless it comes out on streaming nowadays, what do you... What would you want to watch from this listing? The first thing I would want to watch is Batman the Brave and the Bold. <laughs> Batman the Brave and the Bold. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right. I mean, because grow, growing up, you know, we were always watching, you know, the Batman, the cartoon Batman, mm-hmm. especially. And um, when uh, we were introducing William to mm-hmm. TV shows, it was the cartoon classic Batman. You know, right. that framed a lot of the animated series, you know, yeah. William's first few years where he was thinking Batman, Batman. and it was definitely now, the same. Granted, he was thinking Joker, William. Yeah. William did like the Joker. Uh, for too. some reason, likes bad guys. Uh, <laughs> that says a lot about his character. <laughs> I love bad guy. I loved bad guys when I was a kid. I, they were my favorite. But you don't know any of these other things, do you? You don't I know, know who's uh, is. No, no. I don't know. The only things I know are uh, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. Superman, Supergirl, even though I hate that, uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, I recognize Paradise Lost, but not very much. Okay. And so, Blue Beetle, I recognize that. Okay. And Titans, of course, I recognize that. And stuff, right. So. It's interesting, you know, that normies don't recognize any of these. Now, I don't think a lot of normies recognize what was going on with with Marvel. Mm-hmm. But I think people, even at the beginning, knew, oh, I've heard of the Avengers. Right. Well, sort of. Right? Sort of. Well, the Avengers. Hulk, yeah. Iron Man. People kind of knew characters. Who these characters. Thor. People kind of knew who these characters were. You got to I mean, you got to understand these everything that most of everything they did, especially in, you know, the main Avengers uh, Infinity War was in Mm -hmm. the comics. So, yeah, I was working at a lumberyard at that time and the hype for 
everyone there who was, you know, comic enthusiasts, 18, literally 18 to 55. It was Avengers Infinity War, you Mm. know, because they had all almost everyone at the lumberyard had all read the comics and they were all going out to see you know, Infinity War opening night. I was. It had been, it had been like ten to twelve else. years by that point of Avengers movies and Marvel yeah. movies, yeah. and and a fall. The Infinity War is the follow up to Endgame. Well, no, 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 Infinity no, no. Endgame War is the follow up. Endgame's the so people were more interested in Infinity War than they, in your opinion, Ethan. Before there was like the big, the big snap. You know that everyone talks. Yeah, about. Yeah, I so, think so. There was more. Yeah. There was more interest around that. Is it because of Thanos? Like just that that iconic comic character for the Avengers with Thanos. Do you think that was where the where the nostalgia came from? I think the the um for for those guys, especially those older guys at the lumberyard, you know, that I talked to, you know, all of them had grown up with the Marvel comics, mm. you know, and they were excited to see, you know, their childhood you know, nostalgic memories play out on the screen right. as they had kind of imagined it as they were reading the comics and stuff right. like that. You and know? I think, you know, what you're saying is, is awesome. It, that's what people should be experiencing, but nobody is experiencing it for DC. No. I know that's what Gunn wants to do. He wants to start over. Let's, Let's consciously build a new universe, but right. starting with like if if he's actually starting with Blue Beetle and including that in his roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't start with Superman, you know, you start with Batman and Superman. That that those are the that's the no brainer for mm-hmm. the DC universe. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Now, now it's understandable because. Zack Schneider started with Superman. He started with Superman and then Batman versus Superman. Um, and by the time we got to Justice League, uh, the of course, the Joss Whedon version was, you know, crap. But mm-hmm. people there's there was a fan base for the just for the Zack Schneider Justice League. But by the time we got there, it didn't feel like it had enough foundation right and i know that's what james gunn wants to do is build the foundation before we get to something interesting but none of this stuff looks interesting to me um from the the side you know side kind of sideline point of view it you know marvel did it you know they started out very well with the individual mm -hmm. movies and seeing other people kind of try to do that they really really rushed it in the beginning when they tried to build the universe 100%. and seeing someone do it again, it's for me, it kind of just completely turns me off. You yeah. Know, to, to wanting to invest in the DC universe. I just and, don't do it. And here, here's kind of, look, everyone's talking about superhero fatigue. I don't think we're necessarily tired of superhero. I think we're tired of seeing superhero the way we've seen it over and over and over again. Yeah. And to be honest, James Gunn is not going to change that, okay? Nope. Just because he has a humorous Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Or, or a few other interesting things. Right. It's 
it's not he's not going to change the mm -hmm. format that where where are we seeing success right now we're seeing success with the batman the joker we're going to mm. see success with the joker 2 we're going to see success with the batman 2 part mm. 2 and uh and honestly it's because it's these unique directors you know you got matt reeves with the batman he doesn't want to do the superhero thing what he wants to do is tell his batman story you know it's an interesting joker. story they didn't want it to do another joker thing with jared leto and like a copy of heath ledger or anything they wanted to do their own thing right yeah. and that saw success and that's why they're getting a second film and hopefully that these part twos live up to the first films, but that's where you're going to see success with the hero genre. It's not going to be this universe. We're trying to open up, you know, another, you know, Marvel has theirs. DC has theirs. Everybody's trying to open up a universe. No, we don't need what one. we need is awesome directors telling a unique superhero film. Yeah. And that's what it's not that we are tired of superheroes. It's that we're tired of the same kind of superheroes in the same universe. And, mm -hmm. and to wrap it back around based on that point, Shazam, not Shazam, black Adam failed because it was just another cog in the wheel. Right. Of mediocrity. And yes. you can quote me on that. That's an incredible line that I just made up. <laughs> we Remember, should make a short out of it. Cog in the wheel of mediocrity. No. Uh, but that's what it is. That's why it did, wasn't successful. That's why people didn't enjoy it. And you know, because it was just another superhero movie. Yeah. People are over it. People are tired. He wasn't even a very good anti-hero. No. He wasn't no. like Deadpool or anything. Mm-mm. So and to be honest, like Deadpool's in the same category. I think they're going to be, I think that's going to be successful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to just confuse the market because if these people that really are not fans of Marvel or superhero or DCs, they're not really cinema fans, honestly, really what they're fans of are making money. They're yeah. investing in these and they're, they're the ones making the decisions. So they're really confused when something like Deadpool with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is going to come out and it's going to make a ton of money. Yeah. And they're going to be like, all right, let's keep doing a superhero. I mean, we, we need have, funny. We need funny. We, we, we have, I mean, some, some stuff works. Why does some stuff work in others? It must be the director. It must be who made it. Let's switch them out. Right. Let's get Greta Gerwig in here to, <laughs> to direct oh it. My gosh. And, and but, that's not the case really what it is. What people want to watch are movies, real yes. movies, not a I, movie that's part of something necessarily. It would be cool mm -hmm. if it's part of something, but we want movies that we can enjoy individually. Yes. I, I thoroughly enjoyed, um, and I think, I think it is the most recent Batman, the one with Patterson. Yeah, yeah. I Batman. loved that movie. He did, did so, he did so well, you and know, artistically, Ethan, do you yeah. even listen to our podcast much? I listen to it occasionally. So do you know, do you, when I say Greg Frazier, do you know who that is? I know the Greg name. Frazier, but I can't look, he, he's the director of photography. Okay. He's he's the reason the movie looks looks incredible. Good. He's also he's the, the reason, reason Dune looks incredible. Dune looks right? good and the new movie The Creator yes. is going to look good. He's the Rogue reason one. That Rogue, Rogue One looks, one looks good. good. He's the reason why the first season of The Mandalorian looks so awesome. So he is uh, he's like 
it, I'm convinced, at least visually, I can't speak for all stories, but at least visually. Visually, he's one of the greatest director anything, of photography. Any movie age. he touches, yes, 100%. He, you he, can complain about the way that Rogue One is written, about the way that it's paced, about its characters. You will never complain about the way it Visually, looks. it is stunning. Yes. Yeah, I do have to agree there. It looks mm-hmm. fantastic. And so, and, and the Batman so and Dune and everything, like these are the stories people want to see. It doesn't matter if it's super here or not we want a unique experience mm-hmm. and these these filmmakers and not just greg frazier but the people that are working closely with him are doing incredible stuff like with the batman did you know they filmed the entire film on digital like digital re cameras then they took that footage that digital footage and captured it onto 35 millimeter film right mm-hmm onto film negatives they processed it and then fed it back in as a new digital to complete the edit right which means what they did was they shot everything on set in digital for the ease of production but the in the end result they got that uh you know godfather that seven with brad pitt Mm -hmm. and and all of those guys and uh morgan freeman that film style that looks like it's shot on film, but they didn't have to shoot it on film, but they converted it to film and then put it back into digital. Right. Mm -hmm. So they got the, the classic film look to it. And they went through so much effort for movies like that because they're artists, not because they're people trying to make money. That's the thing. You look at black Adam and you recognize that, the effort into Black Adam, despite what anybody says, Dwayne Johnson included, is not to the level of the Batman, of Dune, of Blade Runner, no. of uh, Notice, Oppenheimer. These right now big, you're talking about Chris Nolan, Denis Villeneuve, and Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. <laughs> and I mean, even going back to uh, the Marvel, the Avengers movies, the Russo brothers, even mm-hmm. James Gunn in Guardians of the Galaxy, there's real effort. Um, behind these movies, right. behind these, you know, and you look at Shazam, look at Black Adam, the effort is, it's there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. They want to make a, a movie, but they don't want to make, money. they don't want to make an experience. Yeah, no, they're, look. Yeah, they're, they're creating, uh, they're trying to create, you know, just something to put money in their pockets and they don't have the childlike, you know, this is this is me kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. I That's think what all these other movies have that these really good ones is behind it. You have a fan base of people who, you know, read the comics, who read the mm-hmm. books like with Dune, you know, and, you know, playing on their on their on their couch, jumping mm-hmm. off, you know, imagining themselves as these iconic characters. And right? I I. I think I don't want to shortchange Dwayne Johnson. I think he really did have a passion for the character. I think he really did want to make it something special, but that was him. Mm-hmm. I the the people behind it, and maybe he's right about the leadership changing. Maybe he's right about a lot of things happening behind the scenes that he couldn't control, and all he could control was what he could say and right. what he could do, and. That's good, and I, I I do applaud any actor or director, anybody who really has a passion for it. But one person maybe isn't necessarily going to change that. No, and let's do a quick studio check in, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about 
Warner Brothers, I would say about 35 to 40% of what they put out, people enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. Because they also own DC and that's a, that's a cluster right now. Yeah. But they also did the Batman. They also did the Joker. They also did Dune, right? Mm -hmm. um, so about 40% of what they put out is in good hands, okay? Mm -hmm. Disney, they the past Yikes. few years, almost about 100% of what they put out, no one's liked. No one's right. really enjoyed. Universal, they probably got like an 85, 90%, right? All of most mm -hmm. of all Chris Nolan stuff, right? Well, no, just Oppenheimer. Just Oppenheimer. That's the only Chris Nolan and Universal right okay. now. But also all of Steven Spielberg's work. Universal's a pretty good studio as far as viewer satisfaction. Warner They're Brothers, okay. What? I mean, they did, I believe, Ready Player One. There's a whole right, bunch of stuff that but comes out with Universal. They haven't. Um, Let's see. Which no, Ready Player One was Warner Brothers, wasn't it? No. Was that Universal? I'm about to find out what studio owns Ready Player One. That might have been Universal. Oh, wait, you're right. It's Warner it's Brothers. Warner Brothers. I, yeah, we've talked about this before. <laughs> we did. Sure. I think we talked about it last week. <laughs> Space Jam. Mm. That's uh, right. Yeah, th but no, I think Universal's getting better and better. Um, they, I, maybe they learned their mistake after Jurassic, the Jurassic Park debacle, Jurassic mm. World domination or whatever that was right. called. Did you watch that, E? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was. It was very the, bad. The, the second one was bad. The third one was horrendous. Right. How many times are they pointing guns at dinosaurs and never shoot them? Yeah. Mm. I think they shoot I, at each other, but when they need to shoot at a dinosaur, they never point the gun. The first. Okay, well, if we're. We can at least talk about Lionsgate. They have a pretty mm. good reputation. Lionsgate's I mean, not bad. They're, they're, they're getting of, their John Wick money. You know? Yeah, what I mean? they oh, really man. are. <laughs> John Wick. I love. I really. He's I really love the it. franchise. Yeah. John Wick fulfills the just absolute action and you know good uh, fight scenes. And so I can't That's remember the word. Kind of what people want. Yeah. The um, DreamWorks. Yeah doing great with uh mario coming out illumination and dreamworks right uh, also legendary is really good mm -hmm. legendary i think they know how to pick them so i just found out i believe most of chris nolan's movies are created by legendary distributed by warner brothers okay yeah um, i would like to i'd like to point out i'm just noticing this now we're still on our secret agent background for wiseworks with the yeah. guns and the yeah it, even though this is technically segment. a new season i on honestly what and for hmm. viewers at home <laughs> we're almost done with the summer season right <laughs> So Probably I'm just gonna like, all right, we're this is this is a parlay of secret agent, mm -hmm. and this fall we'll come back strong <laughs> with uh, the move and everything. We just uh, nobody had yeah, time to get it's, the season it's switched. No, it's tough. So but we're, we're we're it's a par it's a soft parlay, soft parlay, a soft parlay the, of secret agents. So we we we've talked about big movies. We talked about big directors, right? Um, I just kind of want to. I, I want a soft parlay into our next segment. Talking Thank you, a Korea. little, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I was thinking. I always 
forget about I Patreon. Knew you, I knew you forgot about it. You so. knew it. You didn't even warn me. Josh nope. has the decency to warn me. Nope. To call nope. me out. Nope. I want you to. I want you to say, "Let's do a soft parlay." Wow. Thanks. Thank you, Karina thanking, for thanking your wonderful Karina. support on Patreon. We do thank. Yeah. You. Yeah. Tell, tell us what what she has over there on Patreon, Ethan. Oh, I have no idea what she has over there. <laughs> Ethan's I'm not on the Patreon. Her. Look, uh, no. but he is right to thank her. We 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 give a lot of benefits over on Patreon. Uh, at least we try to with some exclusive content, uh, movie commentaries. There's a couple of those, at least five, right? Uh, but we plan <laughs> on making more, and um, you get early podcasts, early podcast, pre-show yes, episodes. The pre-show. We got a handful of exclusive videos about there's an entire library of video podcasts for the midnight special oh yeah so like so many like a full year's worth Mm -hmm. of midnight specials that means it's got to be at least over 50 midnight special episodes that's a lot of hours video form Mm -hmm. if you were a fan of the midnight special and you want and you know we don't do it no more but you're like man those are fun conversations you can go watch the conversations over on Patreon and see how we get mad at each other, right? Because it gets th- that it gets, it gets uh, heated, it gets thick and heavy. Yeah, it thick really and heavy. Does. That's what I was looking for. Thick and heavy. But thank you, Karina. She over there is experiencing the thick and heavy, um, and we want you to as well. Just go to the link in the description and select the tier that's the thickest and heaviest that accomplishes your mm-hmm. content needs. All right. Speaking of thick and heavy, we're talking about Lizzo. No. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> uh, no. You guys hear that crazy, crazy That's news? That's some crazy news. Um, <laughs> not only right, will she... Read me in. Okay, so Lizzo is in trouble. This is not a segment, so this is in between. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzo's in trouble this week because not only was... She got some backup dancers for one of her shows or a couple of her shows. Mm-hmm. Not only... Uh, are they filing suit for sexual misconduct basically because she took everybody to a strip club and was pressuring them to do sexual acts with the strippers. Mm -hmm. But apparently one person is also saying that Lizzo told them that they were too fat, Which is the best memeiest thing it's, I've it's, heard all year. I've seen so many uh, memes from mm. from the boys where Homelander tells uh, the um, uh, uh, A Train. He's like, he's like, I can see your girdle, you fat piece of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Lizzo talking to her backup dancers, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, it's such a weird dichotomy of. Uh, information it's that we're like, living in. It's almost like she's been propped up as, you know, the queen of the fat fatties. Right. <laughs> and so, so and she so, somehow has the authority to tell so someone who's basically, it's almost shape. like no one needs to be on stage. That's not the fat fatty queen. Mm. Only me. Right. Yeah. It's like, so I can be over here point where you're fit. Right. So I can be over here, basically a whale. But if you gain an extra fifteen, I'm coming for your neck, right? Mm-hmm. Well, being the being the fatty queen is part of her brand, right? That well, that people made her the fatty queen. Yeah. Now it's gone to her head, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, <laughs> not to where she thinks she gets. It's gone to her thighs, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you were thinking, Ethan. <laughs> well, so she well, thinks that right. she can sexually um, harass yeah, and, and, and look physically harass, like we're doing to her. We laugh. We laugh, like you know, at 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 that. But sexually harassing somebody, especially somebody who's working for you, is. I mean that's that's sucks and to be in that environment yes. especially with somebody who you know you've probably listened to their music you probably appreciate what they did mm-hmm. even for even for big people of like it's like oh here's somebody who has against all the odds and all of you know the 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 scales right made it you know popular <laughs> made it interesting to have this kind of lifestyle yeah and then she goes and calls you fat and and harasses you and your friend uh, other yeah. co-workers i don't that sucks i don't i'm care. stuck on, the, on against all the scales <laughs> i don't okay for a serious note right here i don't care who you are hmm. but you know and i know you can't you can't be responsible for everyone under you but for those who are right under you you are personally responsible. Don't make a joke there. <laughs> you are personally responsible for their well-being, you know. And anyone who who decides to take advantage of their immediate subordinates, man, they should just yeah. be no. She's the boss. In a prison, she's the boss. She is in charge. It's the same issue we had with Ellen DeGeneres yelling and throwing things and like hot soup and boiling water at her (laughs) at her employees you're responsible for these people yeah it's your your brand that's paying them so you need to treat them like professionally Mm -hmm. yes they are not your friends they are not your uh your slaves Right, you you are responsible for their well being, and to treat them in such a manner is unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of performers, especially in artists, fall into that ca- category of kind of abusing their power and really throwing their weight around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these families and these individuals really rely on you to put food in their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> not in Lizzo's. She's taking that food. Look, the the money that you get eating in. the foundation right out from under her. <laughs> so <laughs> we gotta stop. <laughs> She's breaking the glass ceiling, but falling through it. <laughs> yeah, you're really a heavy uh, when it comes to these issues. So we gotta we well, gotta let's get away from that. Yeah. Yeah, this these kind of topics can get a bit heavy. <laughs> Let's parlay into the next one. I can't wait for this. T- for the- <laughs> We're gonna get so, so many comments. <laughs> so many comments. Look, I I do want to be clear. Uh, innocent until proven guilty. We've always said this. Innocent until proven guilty. Until we see proof. Until there is a court date. Until there is a jury. Uh, I always believe in the innocent until proven guilty. That's how our justice system works. Yes. So, you know, we got to keep that in mind. Right. So, Speculation is good, but it's not fact yet. Right. It's not fact. So 
you know, same thing with anybody who's accused of anything. Mm -hmm. So that's important. All that being said, let's move in on the issue. (laughs) 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 Had to sneak in one more. One more. Uh, Let's just let's move into the next topic really quick. Okay. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We got Austin Butler. Ethan, have you been following the trailers and things for the next Dune movie? No, but um, you know, you're excited to learn. Everybody wants a bite of Austin Butler, (laughs) right? They really do. He's he's kind of hot right now, and you know who he's playing, right? Yeah, he's playing um, Fade. He's playing Fade Rotha. I can never remember the names. I just yeah, you know, remember from so the- you you know in the book Fade is is Fade has a confrontation with uh, uh, Paul Atreides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you kind of understand his origins and everything surrounding him. Um, I just I wanted to pull up this article. I wanted to talk about it because I love talking about Dune. I mm-hmm. love talking about some of this stuff. And uh, sometimes we have to wait for Joshua to not be on the the podcast. Yeah, to talk about some Dune stuff to get a little bit excited. I'm excited. I I love that they picked him for this role. Oh yeah, he's his dome is really working, <laughs> <laughs> really working there. The uh. But it, it, I, I saw this article. I thought it was interesting. Uh, another actor commenting on his performance and, right. and his, who he is as an actor and the way he acts. This is the actor who plays Thufir Howitt, mm. the, the Mentat. Right. Okay. If you guys don't know, he's the guy in the movie who does the creepy eye thing and does calculations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Thufir. He's an interesting character in the book with a cool storyline. Also, um, as an actor, he's been around for a he's long He's good. Time. Oh, yeah. And he's good. Legacy actor. But he says, uh, Austin played a character that was not happy with me at all. Uh, he, and he was quite chilling. This makes me really look forward to their interactions in the book. Um, if you guys have seen the old Dune movie, you know Thufir milks a cat. That's not what happens in the book. Uh, oh man, I love there's that no too. cat milking. But I, I am looking forward to their interactions. He says, "I was giving him back the looks, uh, but when they say cut, he would come over and say, Mr. Henderson, are you okay? Can I help you? Can I get you anything?'" Uh, and he was just so nice. And then we'd go back to roll, and he was, oh, he was on my case. He was so. <laughs> Uh, I, I so I just appreciate Austin, a wonderful, wonderful person. That's you know, really you know cool. when Austin ran over to him, he was like, "Mr. Henderson, I'm Muscle you Henderson, you, you, you okay? You okay? Can I get you anything?" Still trying to get out of that. <laughs> All right, right. I think it's I think it's super cool. You know, we hear about actors often being, you know, they're in the zone, they're in the moment, they're in the character, and then he just like that he switches right. to you know being there for the other actor who who is an older actor he's an older man mm-hmm. he's he's in a lot of makeup he's in a lot of outfit stuff i'm sure knowing what happens to thufir howitt 
knowing what happens to his character, uh, he's probably in some sort of, you know, precarious situation. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's tough for an older gentleman. And uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this interaction. Yeah, I, for sure. It has to probably do when Fade goes to Arrakis because mm-hmm. Thufir is still on Arrakis at the end of the movie, correct? Uh, well, I, I, Ethan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they bring him. I believe they have a a blockade. Uh, the the Harkonnen um, family has a blockade around Dune, and okay. they bring him up into their spaceship, right. which I'm sure is huge, probably almost like a city. Yeah. Uh, and they keep him there for a while. This is going to be such an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. I swear. I hope it's four hours. What do you long. think, Ethan? Uh, uh, we haven't really gotten your opinion. What do you think of this this gentleman as Thufir Howitt? Uh, it's kind of... I'm honestly not very good at character analysis, so we'll have yeah. to see. We'll have <laughs> to see when he's, when he's everyone has when he's done. What did you think done. of him in the first movie? Yeah, he wasn't I in mean, it a his, ton. His, act, his acting was great. You know, the mm-hmm. amount of time that he was in it, he did very well. And yeah, so, you know, anyone. I don't. You know, I don't care what other people say about you as a character. You know, if you manage to make it look good and sound good, right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll run with you. You know. Yeah, agreed. They didn't also in the first movie. They didn't um, elaborate on what a mentat is on yeah. kind of the history. The fact that Paul Atreides is also a mentat. Mm-hmm. He's been trained by Thufir with mentat abilities. So, yeah, no, this character is interesting, and I hope we see him more in. The next movie and interactions with Fade, interactions with Baron Harkonnen or mm-hmm. even Raban, yeah, mm-hmm. I think is all really good for what we're going to see in the movie moving forward. He's he's not as huge in the first part of the movie or even right. in the first part of the book. In the second part of the book, Thufir becomes very instrumental in what happens towards the end. Um, so I just thought I, I thought it was a really interesting quote that he had that Austin Butler is out here being sweet on the other act. Out, yeah, he's being sweet, but then when he's in the role, he's in the role. He's committed, That's what which I like makes about yeah. good actors. Good actors can take their role off like a jacket and then put mm-hmm. it right back. Hold on, hold on. So I have to bring up a case to parlay this. Let's see here. So cast of. Lincoln. All right. So Daniel Day Lewis. Okay. All right. He we is bringing a, Daniel Day Lewis into this. He is a. I've abandoned well as, my child. As well as, <laughs> as well as Christian Bale. Mm. We're talking about actors who stay in their role, method acting. Okay. Mm-hmm. The whole production. They are good actors. They are great actors. Mm -hmm. And then you get someone like Austin Butler, who is a great actor, who can take his, to coin your phrase, take his his acting 
off like a jacket, his character off like a jacket, which is, I mean, there, it could just be two methods, but which is, which is better? Who ends I, up being the no, stronger I, character? I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's based on solely, um, what an act, like the, the, um, the way an actor does things it's it's based on the performance mm -hmm. we know that austin butler was doing some method acting in elvis oh definitely 100 mm -hmm. you know? but uh i think a good actor knows when to stop when to stop when he sees that a, a co-worker and a friend is you know maybe needs something or needs some help or they really understand and appreciate uh, who's who they're working with mm -hmm. he understood he recognized clearly that um this older actor maybe needed something needed some help and didn't want to method act his way through that interaction he just mm -hmm. wanted to be kind and be helpful right oh, yeah. and i i think an actor a good actor understands when is the appropriate moment to method act and what is the appropriate moment to, as Ethan said, take the jacket off? Yeah. That's true. You also have someone like Christian Bale, who is a great actor, who we look at that his career and think like mm -hmm. he's definitely method acted for the wrong things. You know what I mean? But do you think he was method acting for the Batman? And if he saw Michael Caine needing something that he would method act as Bruce Wayne. It's it's Batman. not it's it's not even so much about about in between takes staying in character. It's mm -hmm. more about how committed to the character's lifestyle are you, you know? Right. And that's and, fine, but we know that Jared Leto, for example, was just staying in character the entire time. Mm -hmm. You know, just being a a a mischievous little guy. Mm -hmm. little creature mm -hmm. or a between, for a joker that no one cares about yeah for a joker <laughs> yeah. that and uh, you know i applaud his performance it's not a bad performance but it was in the wrong I, hands but like did it need to that much method acting some people you know when it comes to the different styles of you know acting some people are better than others at doing method acting while others are not i mean you have the kind of people who can they can you know, get into a role, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna use, um, uh, how they depicted that character in Tropic Thunder, the, um, who Robert was Jenny Jr. Yeah. Who played the black guy who yeah. just kind of stayed in character the whole, well, he's a white guy. Yeah. He was a white guy who stayed in the character as a black guy, the whole movie. And then yeah. he realized who he was near the end, you know, um, they get into a psychological mindset where they almost believe that they're that person and it helps them act. And I, I don't know that I don't know that they believe that they are the character. They don't. I think but, they genuine I, I think the real acting, the real method acting is believing that you are the guy who believes. Yeah. Mm. You are the guy who is the method actor. That's mm -hmm. the real challenge is getting into the mindset of I'm that guy. I'm that guy who can go right. to any length to make this character as real as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think often you trick yourself into thinking that there's nothing more important than that. But there is. Look, yeah. you know, you're, yep. you're the, the comfort of your coworkers, the the 
uh, ability of the director and uh, you know the the entire cast and mm. everybody who's working on this film you don't want to be the guy who because of their method acting mm-hmm. is hindering this production yeah because i mean when it comes down to it you know as an actor you you know you are responsible for your role but you yes. still have to be conscious of the people around you and mm-hmm. the actors who lose sight of other people for their own role you know it's it's hard for me to get on their bandwagon because yeah their selfishness yeah, yeah because you just see you just recognize people. that you know it's always cool to see an actor really taking seriously what they're doing yeah and I trying to create the best character possible but you're right if they're choosing that over the uh comfort and safety and you know um uh production i guess of the of everything and their mm-hmm. other co-workers then you know it is hard to get on their bandwagon and see what they're doing an actor but, by nature is the center of attention for pretty mm-hmm. much everything in their life you know and when they can put that aside and focus on others you know yeah that's, that's what i thought was cool about I the quote i you yeah. know i thought it was cool that austin butler who's just been in a very large movie of mm-hmm. elvis um and and is starring in a large movie with dune um is is taking the time to uh you know kind of be considerate of his actors Mm -hmm. now this is all hearsay he may be an asshole behind the scenes (laughs) we don't know all we know is that this gentleman made it clear that he was kind to him and that's that's cool well i heard a uh I heard a story about Anthony Hopkins being considerate of somebody that it got him riled up and mm-hmm. got a dude fired because he was being considerate. So there, this, so Ant, there's a production assistant, this guy that I, I met, I went to like a production mm-hmm. assistant class in Charleston, South Carolina with this guy. He was on set with Anthony Hopkins. He was actually driving him to the next site, the next location that they were filming at. So it was like down the road. Right. Mm. So he was he was going to be the driver for Anthony Hopkins uh, a couple miles down the road. Anthony Hopkins gets in the vehicle and the catering person is walking near the vehicle and drops everything, like all hmm. the stuff on the ground, right? He thinks my job is to get Anthony Hopkins to set. I am not going to take up this guy's time. I I can't get out of the car and help this person, right? Mm -hmm. Because he has to get Anthony Hopkins to set. You know what I mean? Right. Anthony Hopkins looks at him and says, why are you not getting out of the car and helping that person? And he's like, I'm just, I need need to get you to set. And he starts getting really upset about, you know, being a gentleman and making, and people not being considerate of other people, Mm -hmm. whether it's above the line or below the line on set. And then he gets fired because he made Anthony Hopkins upset. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's almost like a, there's when you're being considerate, if you don't, if you do, damned, if you don't, it's like, do I, do I do my job to the letter, to the T and as well as I can possibly do it. Also, if he or, doesn't get Anthony Hopkins to set on time, the whole production loses money, right? Right. Now, I I think this is I think it's up to like moral discretion. Do I help that person or do I take Anthony Hopkins 
And in this case, in Anthony Hopkins' eyes, it was more important that you help that person than to get him to set. Yeah. You just have to make the, you just have to kind of find the middle ground, make the decision yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I would have done exactly the same thing. I would have started. I would have, I would have said, I would have said, you know, you know, I, my job is to get you to set. My job is not to help that person. Mm -hmm. If you Um, were my coworker and somebody dropped something, well, I'd be like, let's get out and help this person. mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins and you got somewhere to be, you know what I mean? However, I do believe I probably would have been, I probably would have hit that mirror and been like, yo, Anthony, you know, uh, I, you want me to try to get you to set or you want me to help this person? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Throw it in what, his ball what, field. Yeah, put it into, throw the ball into his field and say, what do you want me to do? Right. Because I've heard, you're the boss, you're in charge. Yeah, I, this is not necessarily for on set, but a cool fact I learned about going to some of these film classes with high stars, they don't have like a chauffeur in an Escalade driving them from set to set. You're hopping in like someone's minivan. <laughs> <laughs> to go like if the production assistant drives a minivan and you have to get them from one set to the next they're getting in your minivan, minivan. time <laughs> they're getting in your minivan and you're driving them over there so it's yeah. not like we always think of stars and they do you know at the events drive up in the escalades and the limos but when you're on set it's just kind of like uh, you you it's you got use four wheels and it moves over 35 miles mm-hmm. an hour you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well i mean um kind of moving on from here yes just as a hard parlay we've done a couple soft parlays but as a hard parlay um really quick just kind of to wrap up this episode i wanted to look at the box office for tmnt mutant mayhem and i picked this picture because it really is i love it what i love this picture these are action figures no 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 they're they're drawings their drawings their drawings the whole movie is in that style yeah i love this animation uh just kind of rugged kind of you know kind of kind of dirty i love it um wonky wonky and this says the turtles lumpy and imperfect asymmetrical very cool (laughs) i love this kind of art style yeah um but I just want to really quickly, Joe, if you have if you have the time, pull up the IMDb for the the Mutant turtles, May- the turtles, the Mutant Mayhem movie, because right. it just came out uh, about two days ago. All right. Um, and let's look at kind of what our opening box office is here, because okay. I think this is gonna kind of gonna tell the story of where people are sitting on this movie. All right, so U.S. Canada, fifteen million. This is now it, it opened up Thursday, so we won't really know like big box office numbers until Sunday, right. Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, fifteen mil is not super great, mm, but it's when we're recording this is Saturday morning. Most people out, are going to get to the theaters tonight. Been out for two days, two days, and we got two more days to go. Right. Mm-hmm. 15 mil still is this makes great. 75 is it is it a friday success? night has come and gone uh, friday night has come and gone friday night is a big night for movies 15 mil this is easily you know 
an expensive movie. How much did it cost to make the movie in the first place? Yeah, do do we have numbers on Usually that? Usually it's sitting right here. Uh see details. All right, so we don't know exactly. Now, usually it's sitting right here, but let me just google it real quick. I'm going to call this a 150. One, 150 million. Dollars. 150 mil. We've got a big cast, lots of high-tier actors. Um the movie visually animated style looks really good. You charge a lot of money for that kind of work, for that kind of detail, for mm. that kind of stuff. Um, 15 mil. We haven't seen uh, worldwide what it's going to make, but 15 mil domestic is not great. Um, it's All not right. terrible. This is just Google. Uh shabby for all the tmnt entirety which is only 70 million this is this is a moment from the from some article variety.com okay let's see uh what they share saying? this tab so meg race two oppenheimer second barbie rain comes okay so different features grossing north Pairing Mayhem, Mayhem on Friday with 9.3 million on Friday. Uh, now tracking for a 24 million estimated five 42. day view, or 42. Yeah, that's not a lot of money. No, how much? Five how days. much was this? How much did this movie cost? That's not too shabby at all for the TMNT entry, which costs only 70, 70 million dollars to produce. Okay, that's not bad, but. A movie like this, mm-hmm. come on, yeah, we should true. not be shooting for seventy mil. We, we should be shooting the, for five hundred million dollars for this movie. If if freaking Mario comes out with that kind of money, do you see you Mario, think- Ethan? Not yet. Okay, um, Mario was amazing, and mm-hmm. it made a lot of money, and you know a movie like this with this kind of cool, rugged, fun animation and cast, we shouldn't be shooting for 70 mil to make our money back. No, that's what John Wick made in one weekend. Exactly. And, and Barbie made a ton of money. We're not comparing this to Barbie or Oppenheimer. This is also, but opening opening weekend for Mario was huge. Yes. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's for it's for kids. It's this is now Barbie because of the movie is probably considered not for kids based on what I've heard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is for kids. This is for kids. This is the family movie. And and not only for kids, it's it should be for nineties kids. This is the family movie. For adults. This is, this, the, is, this should be the family movie. Why is, are we not seeing a bigger opening box office? It's been two days. We should already have hit seventy mil. All right, let's think about it. Do we have theater fatigue from July? No. We had There's Barbie. No we no, had wrong. Oppenheimer. No thing. And we had Mission Impossible all come out roughly in July. And what we know of general audiences as families. We also had Insidious. And we also families, had Freedom. And individuals. You pick one to two movies a month that you go see. It's a new month. It's all right. August. All right. And people chose Barbie and Sound of Freedom. That's what people chose. Right. But- I think people can still choose, could still go choose to go watch this. And 
We're not seeing enough of that. Maybe it's just bad timing, um, but this should be a hit, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it should be a hit. And do you think maybe because it's been marketed so heavy as Seth Rogen that some parents aren't taking their kids to watch it? That could be Seth it. Seth Rogen has always been the dirty Pineapple Express style. That could be it. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just watched what? What did we watch, Ethan? Super bad? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Seth Rogen's humor in writing oh. is raunchy. Yeah, it really is. It it's raunchy. Watch that movie. And so, uh, think about what a lot of parents are thinking right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents, they're going to sneak one age, past the goalie. <laughs> that well, we we they grew up watching super bad, so yeah. their their kids are young, and the parents are a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but. You see they Seth don't want Rogen on the title. To, they don't want their kids to be watching Seth Rogen movies. I yeah. don't think that's a big enough factor. Uh, I I want to. I'm going to give this one mainly to timing, and uh, I don't know. Maybe marketing. I don't think they marketed this movie super great. I don't know about that because it's been everywhere. It has I've, been everywhere. I've seen it everywhere. I just think, look, I just think people, there's no way to time the market right now. Mm. You make a movie that people are interested in right now or you don't, okay? Mm. People I are mean, interested in Mario. People are interested in Chris Nolan. People are interested in Barbie. People are not as interested in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We've seen it five different ways on screen. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. But do we, do we want to... Do we want to even go as far as to say that the um, the fatigue for maybe the style, like Seth Rogen's style of um, politics? Maybe people have maybe people have recognized that there's I, some there's some political stuff in look, this, and and people who are familiar with Seth Rogen understand what he does yeah. with his productions. I'll the be boys, a, look, look. Uh, Invincible. No, I think you know? I think you're mistaken with thinking that the majority of people know the Seth Rogen vibe on set. You know, because mm. to be fair, with respect to you, co-host Wyatt. Mm. I have not heard much about Seth Rogen's politics outside of you. Okay. I don't hear people yeah, talking sense. about that. And so I don't think that's a factor. I just I don't think people even know what Seth Rogen thinks about politically because also you're not really watching Seth Rogen interviews. Mm. He's not a star in the way that people are stars, you know? Right. A video where you're trying to and this might hurt his feelings. He's not going to watch this, but this might hurt his feelings. If he does. You get Seth Rogen and uh, who's the girl from Wednesday? Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega. Nice. On Hot good, Ones. Good call on that, Ethan. Great call. He knew Jen- exactly who you were talking about. <laughs> the hesitation was faked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You get you get Jenna Ortega. Two, you oh, get, <laughs> you you can put both of them on Hot Ones, same week. Mm-hmm. Which one are you watching? Jenna Ortega. Jenna, Jenna Ortega. Ortega. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I, I, look, I, I want to say because she's probably she's more fresh. People don't know as much about her as they do Seth Rogen. Put Johnny Depp on Hot Ones next to Seth Rogen. Which one are you watch? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. 
Put Christian Bale and Seth Rogen next to each other on Hopkins. Yeah. Which one are you watching? We know Chris. We know Seth Bale's vibe. Seth Bale. Seth Bale. We know. <laughs> we know Seth Rogen's vibe. I, I and I get what you're getting at, but based on everything we've said, we haven't come to any conclusion as to why this movie isn't doing as good as I it think should I know. Be doing. People are there is fatigue about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You, okay, so you think that in it's general. The, it's TMNT fatigue. It's the same reason why – look, we don't see TMNT as often as we see superheroes, but it's the same reason why people have superhero fatigue. Another origin story for the, for the Turtles. Yes, yeah. we know everything about Turtles. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. What are we going to do different? Yeah. It really just kind of sits make We're going to make April look like Lizzo. Right. You know? <laughs> Short. We'll Irrelevant. Uh, yeah, you, it's it, – People are way more interested in seeing something fresh. Like we go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. What is fresh in the superhero world? Mm-hmm. The Batman, the Dark uh, Joker, you know, the Dark Knight. Let's go with that. What freaking right. people, directors and creators that are doing something fresh. This is fresh in maybe the style, but it's not fresh in concept. We've seen TMNT plenty of times and i think people are more inclined to watch this when it comes out on streaming way more than people are interested in going to the movie theaters to watch this right i kind of feel that i think the in the long run it'll make you know all the money it needs to because it'll make the money it needs to but it's not going to make the money it should be making Mm -hmm. a movie like this with cool animation with cool 90s nostalgia we've established in the past that that those movies make good money sort um, of sometimes sometimes for them i want to say for the most part that movies with good nostalgia with good vibes like this movie has had in a lot of the trailers should be making more money with the crowd our age and their kids um and for some reason this one's not doing it it could be for the the turtle fatigue um maybe i think i think it's more uh i i i think it probably is closer to bad timing than anything else but it really is a a weird situation for me with this one and i i I think this you you're probably on to something if this came out in let's say october to get mm-hmm. that dress up culture for Halloween, yeah, that, I think this could have this could have really went somewhere in October. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of mutants in this movie coming out October for Halloween. All the would kids have been a go to great the movie time theater. to release this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just came off of we just came off of the Across the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. We've seen kid every all the kids have seen the animation. Yeah. This movie is it's cool, but it's still just cell shaded 3D animation, right? That we've been seeing for a while now, and which is cool looking and is awesome and rugged and sick. But we just came off of some really cool animation. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they needed to wait a while before they they needed to wait three more months, you guys. Mm -hmm. The end of October, you probably would have hit a much more happy ending hit the end of the box office weekend yeah, you know yeah. What when, I mean? when someone thinks about halloween they think about you know superhero dress up costume one the, ideas yeah, one of the first things you think about are 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because that 100%. is like you know a shell yeah. you put on. That, I yeah. think a shell in the mask. Like right. there's four of us brothers, Ethan. We uh-huh. could be we could do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We could do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I thought we were going to do uh Rick Astley's different outfits from his uh never gonna get I think Teenage there. Mutant Ninja Turtles would be more fun, personally. Well <laughs> hey, for well, four <laughs> of us, there's four of us, come on. We could do that. I'm obviously Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably Leo. John Mark is probably you're Don. Leo. Uh, yeah, William's Look, Mikey. John Mark's Donnie. This yeah. is the energy we needed for this movie. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we needed some of this Halloween energy. And you know what? Maybe that's a big thing. The memes weren't there for this movie, right? You, Barbie and Oppenheimer got such a big meme push. Mm. Yes. Movies and almost no one, movies need meme pushes nowadays. They definitely need meme push. Look, entire families of four are doing the TMNT, and I applaud the marketing for <laughs> TMNT. They got the "I love turtles" kid back. Right? Oh. Did you see that? I yeah, like turtles. I didn't see it. They got him back. He's an adult now. Right? And they dressed him up in the paint. It was awesome. It was a great <laughs> marketing strat. Um, but man, the. I'm really it's just confused. A, look, I would say let's let's find out, um, let's find out in uh, once it comes out on streaming, see how mm-hmm. the numbers are. I I bet you people are way more interested in watching this on streaming than Probably. in theaters. Uh, and with that, it comes to a a slow and uninteresting, you know, book closed on how the turtles. Uh, sits with culture. You know what I mean? What is that? It's a knife. What what kind? I was going to think close the book and so I thought I picked up something I could close, right? Oh, okay. I'm a visual person. I'm, I'm Gotcha. A, but No, that's cool. Um, uh so yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And and kind of closing out thoughts on this podcast. Um I don't know you, Seeing kind of the trailers, I don't know that I'm going to see the turtles in theaters, but Mm -mm. you're right. Streaming is what people are looking to nowadays for their content. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, uh, it's all for, it's for me, it's always been kind of a couch sitting kind of thing. I want to watch it with, you know, a hot drink and a a blanket, you know, it's, oh, I thought you were about to say hot babe. No, it's, no. It's a, it's Come a on, babe. Let's genre. sit down and watch the turtles. Yeah, Cowabunga. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a comfort thing, you know. Yeah. And so I want to be at home. I want to be comfortable when I'm watching, you know, that kind of okay movie, that kind of action. So fun. I think it, I think it will uh, really make its money back and get its watching value as it comes out on the streaming services when you can do that. Definitely, definitely. Hey, uh, thank you. Thank you, Ethan, for showing up today on today's hey, podcast. I am here filling to in be a placeholder anytime. Uh, you'll you'll be a placeholder next week for your brother. I'll be a placeholder anytime I anytime I need to be. The thing is, with me, you kind of just have to realize that you know the entertainment world is not my. I don't live in it. Don't you know? don't it's don't my neighbor. Don't reveal. It's don't my reveal. neighbor, so it's don't over there. Sell. You I you you have. You have knowledge and recognition of, uh, of of visual storytelling mm-hmm. and 
storytelling for characters in general. I'm so, a consumer. I'm a consumer to the core. Yeah. You know, so, no, it's so, good to have you on and, and, and get that kind of opinion. And I think mm-hmm. people will appreciate that. Look, the real value is when we hit, uh, is when we hit like puns. So when we get on like that Lizzo energy, we need someone who's going to bring the thunder. You know what I mean? Right. And I think, I think you have, a, I, yeah, I think you got the, I think you got the, the brain in order to when we hit them kind of segments that's when we need that third voice that's when we need mm-hmm. them giggles and that's all that is required to that be third, on this podcast that third chin if you will yeah that third chin 